Welcome to the Viva La Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Jones. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, Bob Harris. Bob is the Senior Fantasy Analyst of FootballDieHards.com. You can hear him on his weekly Sirius XM Fantasy Radio Station show and his Football Diehards podcast with Bob and Justin. Bob began his fantasy career in 1993 and was named Writer of the Year in 2005 by the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, where he is also a Hall of Famer. That means I'm very old. Hall of Fame is, is equals old. Thank you for coming on the podcast and inviting me into your home. Uh, happy to have you and uh, looking forward. like to do everything I can to help people jump into the business. There weren't a lot of people around to help me when I started out, so it seems like a, a good thing to do. I appreciate it. All right, how does someone become a fantasy analyst? Yeah, I mean, there is no, you know, curriculum to become a fantasy analyst. I mean, journalism, sports writing, you know, is kind of one path in. I think a lot of the people who get into it now are analytic people, uh, engineers, uh, guys that like to do a lot of math, uh, come up with, you know, various statistics, statisticians. So you see a lot of that, but I think in the end, you know, with everything, I, and it's not just fantasy football or or, or, you know, I just think in life in general, the better you can communicate your ideas, whether it's verbally or in the written form still, uh, is going to be a plus for you. So I think anyone who can, can kind of do that, you know, kind of get your thoughts out. And part of that is understanding the audience. I think we all, you know, everyone who's in this business plays fantasy football and you're, you're kind of preaching to a choir, right? You, you know, people understand that guys disappoint you or guys surprise you or all these things. And, and they kind of, you know, get into your stories because of that. And what exactly does a fantasy analyst do, and what does your day look like? So I think, you know, what the goal is, and everyone, you know, there's kind of a, a something that kind of irritates me. You're a fantasy expert. You know, no, I'm a fantasy professional. I, you know, I, there's a difference to me because I, I think everyone who plays the game is an expert. I mean, that's why you play. You, you're out there trying to show the world, look, I'm smarter than the GM. I am the coach. I can put this thing together like no one else. And, you know, it's been my experience, you know, traveling around, talking to people who play. They all kind of feel that way about it. Like, look, they feel like the only reason they don't have my job is like a quirk of fate or circumstance, right? And, you know, and look, it's not an easy job. It's not an easy business to get into because a lot of people are doing it and gaining some foothold. You know, it was probably easier for me back in 1993 when there was like six guys doing it. But I think now you really have to do something to stand out. It's a hard competitive business. A lot of people out there, you know, I didn't get paid to do this until what, about a year ago? I'll break even in another 100 years. No, uh, it took a long time before it became a job. I kept doing it. I tried to make it a business. But I think, you know, day-to-day -day grind is a day-to-day -day grind. If you get in this business, you can expect to work harder than most everyone you know. The NFL has become a 365-day-year reality show, and you have to keep up with it. So in 1995, maybe the off-season was a time when I could get ahead. I could study things, and I didn't have to write and put it out there. There are no more secrets now. It's just like going into a season. There are no more sleepers. Everybody knows everything. You have to be gaining small bits of territory to make that edge. So it is an, a pretty endless grind, and it's not for everybody, but if you enjoy that kind of thing, if you like doing something you love, I mean, it makes it a little easier because you're playing with, you're dealing with a sport and a hobby that you love, so that makes it easier. But pretty much the daily grind is what people need to be prepared for. i Probably, you know, I do take time off, but it's very little. During the season, I'm on the radio seven days a week. I'm writing seven days a week. Many of those days, I'll write 50, 60 articles a day uh, in addition to doing two hours of radio, in addition to recording a podcast. And that's kind of the schedule you would expect to keep if you're getting into this. Oh, wow. That's intense. I'd like to discuss a little bit about the history of fantasy sports. According to an article you co-authored in 2003 about the history of fantasy football, 
Seems that fantasy players owe big thanks to Wilfred Bill Wickenbach. Wink! Uh, for not only founding fantasy football, but also inventing uh, fantasy golf and baseball. Yeah, he, he was an interesting character. I think the baseball actually started a little earlier. And you know, I know a lot of people, they give a lot of credit to Daniel O'Krent, who deserves that credit, you know, creating rotisserie baseball. But Wink's game and baseball game was pretty much rotisserie baseball before people called it that. And the fantasy game, it was basically a group of Oakland Raiders-related people, whether you were media or actually related to the team. They would buy in. I think the thing that always interested me about that was it just shows you, and I, I think you know we highlighted in the article, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It was they just wanted bragging rights. They wanted to talk, and they talked the same kind of smack. You know, somebody drafted a guy that wasn't playing anymore. They took a bunch of crap for it. You know, and it's, they kind of had the same motives for playing, and they were maybe a little more connected to the game. That original group they called it the Goppel, the Greater Oakland Pigskin Prognosticators League. It was an interesting group of guys, and that kind of grew from there, obviously to immense proportions now. But kind of interesting to know that there was an initial starting point and that Wink was the uh, was in charge of that. I have the original uh, draft, the handwritten draft we have laying around somewhere and uh, uh, just it's a fascinating thing. He kind of can see how, oh wow, we're doing the same thing now, just maybe a little more technology. Do you think he'd like fantasy football today? I think he, you know, look, I think if you like fantasy football, you'd like fantasy football. You just have to embrace the technology, and I, which I think is, you know, obviously what's led to the, the proliferation, the growth of the hobby, right? It's gotten ridiculously large, and a lot of that has been the technology. I can tell you, you know, having gotten into this before the Internet, pre-World Wide Web boom, the World Wide Web was a big deal when that came along. And, and there were a couple things that were big in it. The NFL early on have wanted nothing to do with it. They kind of felt like it was a gambling thing. and. You know, you would mention it, and they would we don't want anything to do with that. And uh, I think it was right, maybe around 1996, 97, 98, they started to realize, oh, wow, people who are into fantasy football, they watch every game. They don't care if it's a 50 to nothing blowout. They'll watch to the bitter end. They'll, they spend money on the game. And it kind of came to them, and I think once they started blowing marketing wind into the sales, as so to speak, it really took off early 2000s, and, and that was kind of a big part of it. But I can remember back in the early 94, 95, I would call the teams, and they were getting calls. Their media relation people were getting calls from fantasy owners. Hey, is this guy hurt? Is he going to play? And so I started calling all of them. And there was a point like in 96 where if you called a team and said fantasy football, they would just give you my number and say, hey, I call this guy. He knows. And then they would start giving me the information. They kind of realized the audience was out there. Um, but it wasn't until a little later on that they really decided, oh, wow, we can cash in on this. I think fantasy football has driven a lot of the popularity of the NFL. I found it interesting that uh, Weekend Box League was pretty strict on who was invited to play, but I guess it's not all that different than today's leagues. I've heard exclusive fantasy leagues. Are you in any? Um, I'm in some. I'm drafting in one as we speak with guys like, you know, you've heard of Matthew Berry, uh, Evan Silva from Roto World. Yeah, so I'm in a handful of leagues like that. I'm in way too many leagues. I play in way more leagues than I have any business playing in. Every year it's close to 30 so, yeah, I'm in a number of leagues with a lot of industry professionals that you have undoubtedly heard of, and I am regularly and soundly beaten, uh, which makes the various degrees of success that I achieve much more exciting because, oh, wow, I got ones. Um, I did read that you are in uh, Allison Chains League. Can you uh, tell me about that? So I'm not in the league, but I host it every year. So And just was talking to the people at Sirius. Uh, it's, a gr it's, a, it's a fun situation. Jerry Cantrell uh the lead singer or singer and guitar player for Alice in Chains and the bass player Mike Inez uh, are huge fantasy guys and huge football fans and so you get guys in there Duff McKagan 
Scott Ian from Anthrax. They have some great guys. It changes a little bit. This last year, I think it was the Bella Twins were in there. Jeff Garland, the actor. And so I get to go host every year. It's held at Jerry's house in his table, at his big round table with his cats frolicking all around you. It's a super good time. And they're really competitive. And I'll just say, you know, some of these guys, uh, in particular Jerry Cantrell and Mike Inez, very thoughtful, knowledgeable football guys. And I guess I see that a lot. And so I'm a big music fan, right? So I love heavy metal music. So every chance we get to talk to people in the music world, we kind of mix it in with my show. And uh, just recently talked to Andy Black from Black Veil Brides. Really solid knowledge of football. Zach Wild, uh, who you've heard of, I'm sure, of Black Label Society and Ozzy Osbourne. Huge fan. Has played fantasy quite a bit. Used to have his own show on my network. Uh, so, yeah, it's fun getting to mix it up with those guys. And Michael Buble. This dude is a crazy, loves fantasy football, came on my show, sang metal to me. It was great. Like everyone, you once you start playing, if you're a football fan, you want to play this game, and you see that a lot. So every year when we just got the date, I think this year, for this year's draft, I'm very excited. Maybe you could try to get Tom Morello in there, some things going on there. So looking forward to it again. And how did you first get involved in fantasy sports? Uh, I, as I mentioned, I had a friend, uh, Ron Vengelin was his name, and uh, there was a group of us, you know, about 10, 12 guys who always sat around and watched games together. And he came back, it was 1986, and he said, I got this thing, you guys aren't going to believe this. And we started playing, and of course a group of guys that grew up together, very competitive group, and and everyone had their teams, you know, the Jets fan and the Bengals fan. And, you know, we've, over time you learn quickly, oh, I can't like my team as much as I'd like to like my team, or your ability to disconnect from that. And it's something I always uh, preach in fantasy football, divorce your emotions and learn that early on from your decision-making. Uh, and it turns out that's great in life as well. Good advice. So don't, don't dismiss that. But, yeah, so they brought along, and we started a league called the Tucson Football League, which I started writing a little weekly newsletter about. And it was called the TFL Report. And that went on to become my company early on until I uh, sold out and joined Fantasy Sports Publications here in Albuquerque. And so we started a league, played every year. And I think the first thing I figured out was we don't know enough. You know, there, there needs to be more information. You would see back then everything was based pretty much on USA Today. And so you'd get an injury report on Wednesday and a guy would be like practice, no problems. And then you'd get one on Friday and you'd see this is probable. And then on Sunday, why isn't he playing? You know, and so I, there seemed to be a hole in there. And that's what I was started. You know, that's how I got into this was trying to fill that hole. How are today's fantasy games similar or different than when you uh, first started? I think, Jesse, the thing that's changed it all is technology. And, I, and you started seeing this again in the mid-90s, and we were talking before, and I think it's been the big difference maker. It allows people, you know, I don't need a group of 12 friends, right? I need, a, I need an Internet connection. Those 12 friends are out there. I don't even have to know who they are, right? And they're gonna, you're going to find a competitive group of people to play with. It's really made it easy to play the game. One of the things I did early on, I set up a 900 number, and I was on CompuServe, which was a thing like uh, AOL or, you know, just kind of a real niche program. But they had an associated press uh, group on there. I would go in and I would get the box scores Sunday nights after the games. I would read them onto a recording. And people called that 900 number that didn't want to wait until Monday morning for the USA Today to come out. And that's pretty much how I made my living. That's pretty much kept me alive in the early years of this. So do you have a favorite NFL team and does it 
Has it ever affected your judgment? So no, because I hate them all equally. If I had a rooting stake in any of those, it would add a layer of difficulty that that I don't want to deal with. And and again, you know, divorcing your emotions from your decision making is a key to success in fantasy football. And we've seen it too often with fans who make bad decisions. And and also, you know, fans. It's a shortened version of fanatics. Fans are insane, right? I mean, I cover a sport where. Tom Brady is both the greatest of all time and the biggest cheater and a jerk. So, I mean, he can be both those things because there are fans. And, you know, fans will love somebody and hate somebody equally. And so fans tend to be a little irrational. I try not to be a fan because irrationality does not suit me well. The Vulcan way of being. Yes, it, it, that is, uh, that's 100% it. I divorce the emotion. And that's, that is the key to, to success. For people new to fantasy sports, what tips would you give them? If you want to just get into fantasy and say, I just want to try it out. Look, there's, you know, every site suggests recommended players, right? Or which players they would play. Or, or they'll give you projected points for all your players on your roster. And you can kind of choose it that way. Or you can dig deeper and, you know, go out and take advantage of all the people out there churning out endless amounts of content. So yeah, I've always said, you know, the thing about fantasy football players are kind of people who, you know, sit on the toilet reading the back of the shampoo bottle. Well, that was before there was phones, and now we're all reading our phones there. But, but you know, you're, you want that. You just, you're never satisfied with the information you have. You always want a little more. And I think that's a, kind of a, a, a shared trait of fantasy players. They, they're information junkies. And, and the good news is, thanks to the interwebs and the televisions and all these things, there is no serious XM Fantasy Sports Radio. There's no shortage of places to get that information and scratch that it. My final question is, what do fantasy sports mean to you? You know, well, for me, it's it's a great living uh, because I get to do something I love and I get to work exclusively on that. And it beats digging ditches, which is the only other thing I'm qualified to do. To me, it's just an amazing uh, example of what sports do to people, how it connects us, you know, socially and, and, and even more. You build friendships that have lasted, I have, that have lasted, you know, 30 years because of this hobby. And so these the relationship it creates, the entertainment, the time you can spend in a fairly wholesome manner. Let's face it, you're not, you know, you're, you're not doing anything that's hurting anybody or taking anything away from anybody. You're doing something enjoyable, fun, and uh, can be profitable. People make money at this, especially now with the daily fantasy sports. Work away, build a little bankroll. So, I mean, for me, it means the world. You know, it's my living. It's pretty much everything I do. I eat, drink, breathe, you know, sleep, the very little sleep I get. I, I do, words are what I do for a living. It's hard to come up with the words to really describe the importance of this to me because it's pretty much, you know, what I'm doing around the clock uh, without fail. So it's a big deal, and I think a lot of people are obviously feeling the similar, you know, whether they take it to my level or not, they have similar feelings about it because the hobby just keeps growing, the number of people playing keeps growing, the technology keeps improving. I think it's just that whole, you know, just the whole idea of, was something we used to do that we sat around with a paper and pencil and now we can sit here and do it with ourselves and people we've never even met connecting with people you'll never know otherwise great way to to enjoy the sport you love connect with it more closely connect with the players you love more closely uh and even some you don't love uh more closely it's a great it's a great thing like that all right thanks for uh coming on the podcast bob Check out Bob's articles on footballdiehards.com. Listen to him on Sirius XM and his Football Diehards podcast with Bob and Justin. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.